Hey everyone, and welcome to one of the most look forward to, one of the most anticipated, it should go without saying, episodes every year. It is time for our annual, second annual, a long tradition, second annual NBA preview. It's bit, Actually, it's more than that because we've done it on another podcast, but today we talk Eastern Conference, uh, and then later in the week or later... We will we'll do the Western Conference, but they'll both be going out pretty much one after the other. But joining me, as always, for our NBA preview is Adam Amy. How are you doing, Adam? I am fantastic. And it's a little bit weird that we're uh, it's almost Christmas and we haven't started the season yet. But we know we know that at least we're going to have a season. The season is going to begin and. Well, I, as far as anticipated goes, I, I think if we're starting with the East, that's not the most anticipated. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear about the West, but we need to talk about the East. Yes, we do. I mean, it's half of the NBA. Um, yes, we are starting the season a little bit later than normal, but on the other hand, it feels like that the Lakers beat the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals the day before yesterday. So, uh, Yes, it, it feels very I only just got my merch, though, from the... My my championship uh, t shirt and hoodie. So the championship merch. I, I, I if I can digress for a second. I just uh, we I indulged in a little bit of championship merch uh, in the last few months. Liverpool shirts for everyone. Uh, the, the, the great <laughs> Liverpool Football Club has broken its thirty years drought in uh, the top flight of English football. So everyone got the shirt with the with the. Champions badges and the FIFA Club World Cup champions badges and everything. So and you know, custom Happy days, custom numbers and names on the back. So two of us got Firmino and two of us got Salah and Patrick got Patrick Lewis. As you do, as you do. So we'll remember his contribution to the uh, Liverpool Championship. But anyway, to the championship I, I say, exactly. Championship <laughs> merch is it's not something I've ever partaken in before. So. I can well, certainly you, appreciate you, it. You, you haven't, um, obviously, the the NBA side of it. You haven't been able to partake in the uh, in in the merch. Things it's... might have been different if we won a coin flip <laughs> in nineteen sixty eight and got Lou Alcindor <laughs> instead of Neil Walk, who might not be known outside of his family. Also, <laughs> might not be the first time I've made that joke on this podcast. But this is, this is true. <laughs> I'll get over it one day, um, but not anytime soon. Um, I don't know if we've spoken NBA since the uh, since the Lakers won the title. Is there? Um, how, how was it for you? Uh, number number twelve, title number twelve in LA. Uh, are we going to go down this path again? <laughs> are we really, really going to go down this path again? This is the this season that we're previewing is the year that we overtake the Celtics because it is not number twelve. Okay. In our stoic franchise, we are going to be the le- the leaders of the NBA in. Number of titles by the end of season. I guess that's the pre- the spoiler alert for the preview is the Lakers are taking it all out. Fair enough. And the other the other uh, the other spoiler alert is we're going to be seeing Adam on our next video podcast wearing a Slater Martin throwback Minneapolis Lakers jersey. Um, <laughs> I had to ruin it for everyone. We're not going to be seeing that no. anyway. But yes, congrats to the Lakers. Uh, I don't know, uh, certainly the most unusual championship of all time. Um, yeah. And, and but, a tremendous effort by LeBron 
and AD and the rest of the crew. But we don't want to get, because that's probably going to be the end of, you know, that all of this podcasting. We'll get we'll get around to the Lakers. I feel like they'll be at the pointy end of the Western Conference. We're going to start at the blunt end of the Eastern Conference right now. Now, two more two things before we get started. One, we want to give a shout out to Dan Shea, who was going to join us today, but is uh, not able to, so he is missed. And uh, hopefully he'll catch us up later in the season to talk some NBA. So uh, take it easy. Best to him. Yeah, definitely uh, missed, Dan. Getting the DNP today, but uh, we'll be missed. Yes. And second of all, for those who are uninitiated, um, the way that we break this down is because it's my podcast, we go in the order of ranking that I am predicting. And then at the end of the podcast for the Eastern Conference and then the the Western Conference, we'll go over both of ours and uh, compare. I'll I'll point out where you're wrong, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's how we'll do it. So we're going to start with the team I've got, I'm predicting to finish last in the Eastern conference. And that is, I think the same as the team I had last in the Eastern conference last year. And that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, the floor can't get any lower for them. There's not 16 teams in the East, so they're not going down, I guess. Yeah. They're not going to get relegated to the G league. Um, Good. Not for want of trying. Um, they've got they've got a they've got a, a roster that's made up with some with about fifth, thirteen or fourteen really good sixth seventh men. So their uh, their projected starting lineup is Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, who I think is the rookie, um, Kevin Love who's injured, and Andre Jubber, Drummond. They've got former Lakers Larry Nance and JaVale McGee. Uh, they've got Dante Exum and Matthew Delavadova for uh, Australian basketball fans, although, and I know this is going to surprise a lot of people, but Dante Exum is injured. Um, but there's a lot of injuries in the... Uh, is Ke- when did Kevin Love last play basketball? Ooh, is he just collecting um, a paycheck? Well, I mean, he's not a trend. I wouldn't want to play regard, either if I was in Cleveland, to be honest. Fair enough. I mean, he's only... Due $28.9 million this year. Um, he played 56 games last season. and That, that was how many there were in the whole season, weren't they? Um, <laughs> That's what it felt like anyway. No, although the, the Cleveland did not venture into the bubble. No. Uh, he, was, he averaged 16 or 17 points a game, I think. 17 he points was. a game, 9.8 rebounds, 3.2 assists in 32 minutes a game. But he's not. About to start the season, um, he has a right calf strain. And Cavaliers coach JB Bickerstaff, and uh, JB is actually short for uh, interim. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, wasn't Bernie his dad the guy who was you'd always get, you know, like interim coach? I think it was his official first name was interim coach Bernie. Um, yeah. He might not be able, he's not sure yet whether he's going to be able to play in the Cavs season opener on December 23. Um, there's not a lot to like about Cleveland. They have not uh, started to turn the corner in terms of rebuilding uh, towards the next crack. Maybe they didn't get told that the, the new season was started. They were going to have a 2021 season. They just sort of hit pause. They didn't get invited to the bubble, so they didn't do anything. Okay. I think I'm done being trying to be serious about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, there's nothing serious about the Cavs. I'm looking at their movements. Adam's not hunkering down for this. He's like, I don't want, I just want to, I just want this, use this as an opportunity to quit. 
So there, yeah, well, there is there, there's there's teams that you can go. Oh yeah, let's talk about. It. And then there's the Cavs. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Sorry, I, Kelly, but probably not. I'm not going to fight it, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move on. And if do you you're do you have a serious point to make about Cleveland, please, if you do. I mean. They used up all their uh, their karma points getting four first round picks in twelve years or eleven years, wasn't it? Um, they got a title so out of it. They got a title out of it. You know, it took it took a while for them to. Yeah. And now they can have another thirty years of suffering or something. Yeah, they can go back to being Cleveland, one of the most tortured sports cities in the world. Exactly. Um, I mean, their baseball team has just lost their name. Um, so they yeah, obviously. Yeah, baseball, yeah. yeah, not Pakistan, um, not Bangladesh, but that rather you know misnomer about for the for Native Americans that you know they weren't yeah. from there. Which I'll try and avoid saying the Washington football team also dropped their name this year and just kept themselves as the Washington football team, which led me to one of my favorite videos of the year, which is that bit from Remember the Titans, where um, the defensive coach whose name is Will. Will Summer. Um, it's like, make sure they remember the night they played the football team. Um, and it, and this, this is where our Cleveland um, summary is going. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're, we're talking about memes. About, can you, nothing to can do you hear the barrel being is. scraped? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're five minutes in. Stick in. We'll, okay. What we'll happens when before, you start at the bottom of the barrel, though? Before we, before we lose four, you know, half of our 14 listeners. Um, Note to everybody, the good stuff is coming. It is coming. We promise. I'm going to move on from the Cavs. They're finishing last. They're terrible. Um, the roof is the ceiling. The number, anyway. 14, the number 14 team is actually one I like. Um, I like how things have headed. And they're prob- I think they're probably closer to the next run than, than Cleveland. But they haven't really done anything this offseason, and that's probably an improvement. And that's the New York Knicks. Well, um, I'm trying to figure out who you who would. I'm... I'm Bullish about the Knicks now. Their starting lineup is projected to be Alfred Payton, RJ Barrett, Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, which I think is exactly the same as it was projected to be this time last season. Um, they've brought in Austin Rivers, who's hurt. Alex Burks, um, Alec Burks, who's hurt. They've drafted Obi Toppin, who grew up as a Knicks fan and was very excited to be drafted by the New York Knicks, who, you know, from some of the highlights in the short preseason, looks uh, looks exciting. Um but what they didn't do is probably what probably more notable is they didn't spend their cap room on players that can't help them win a championship. So maybe, just maybe, things are starting to turn around in Gotham. Maybe, maybe they're looking towards the future. Mm. But I mean, I think they've yeah, they're, they're actually starting they... to plan things. Mm. Yes, before so got, they go and screw it up again. They've got a new GM. You know, new people in town, and hopefully James Dolan can sort of keep out of it enough so that they can run this. They well, for you know. the first ten games until he, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, the Knicks. What do you say? No, they're they're no, they're definitely not Cleveland, but they're not really. I don't know you're you're bullish about them, but I I just don't see. I really don't see more than twenty wins for them this year. Well, like, I mean, they have like seventy-two games, so this is going to be harder to get to twenty wins. Oh, we'll say fifteen then. Yeah, but um, look, I think I think it might also be one of those seasons where, because of everyone coming back so quickly and everything like that, that it might be hard for a team to 
dominate and hard for a team to be really truly terrible and it might just everything might revert to the middle a little bit but this is true but there are other things that will work in that favor like that will work against that like the new travel arrangements and that sort of stuff but um i'm I'm not saying the knicks are going to stun anyone i'm going to make a playoff run but i just think maybe that maybe maybe they just start maybe they really start to take the big step towards turning the corner but they've probably got to get lucky in the draft at some stage. And until that happens, and that hasn't happened since they drafted Patrick Ewing, um, <laughs> lucky. Um, yeah. it's uh, Look, yeah, you're right. They're, they're, they've turned the corner and they're headed in the right direction. They're facing the right direction. They're not headed there yet, but they're hmm. facing it. Two years ago, you know, they thought they had a really good chance of getting them on draft pick and getting Zion Williamson. And, mm-hmm. you know, things would be a lot different if that had happened. But, they also thought they were getting, at that stage, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, so things have got to change, but they've got to be a good, a well-run franchise to uh, exploit the advantages of that New York, the city, has traditionally had in getting big-name athletes to them. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. We've, we've, maybe in a year or two we'll be talking about them in the uh, the playoff picture, but at this point, yeah, we just need to get some minutes into some of their younger ones and hopefully get a nice solid season out of the likes of uh, who's it? Well, Dennis Smith Jr. and who's the other? RJ Barrett. They're yeah. the two that you really want to just get some experience and knocks. Yeah, well, he's in year three now, so he's going to yeah. start producing, or else you know it's you got to start questioning whether it's ever going to happen. Yeah, and uh, and that's. I know there are Nick fans who listen to this podcast, so you know I'm I'm you know I don't think Adam's got them much higher than I have, if at all higher. But I'm probably more optimistic about the future. But it might just not be this season. Yeah, I think my I think my point is about this season. It's not it's not saying that they've uh, it's just they've just got to get experience into the younger bodies. That's that's pretty much it. And if they can see a um, an improvement from those younger ranks then the future becomes that little bit brighter. It sure does. I'm moving on to my number 30. A lot of these teams that are in the bottom half of my Eastern Conference preview probably uh, appeared there last season. Number 13, I've got the Chicago Bulls. Ooh. Um, their projected starting lineup is Kobe. Adam says that's not how you spell Kobe White. <laughs> Zach Levine. <laughs> Patrick Williams, Laurie Market, and, and Wendell Carl Jr. Uh, they've got not a lot of depth. They didn't really change much. No, and you know what I mean. Like, who'd they lose? Uh, here we go. Where are we? They lost Chris Dunn, Shaquille Harrison, and Max Struess. Mm. Who the hell are two? I know who Chris Dunn is. But I'm not going to write home about him. No. The other, you know what I mean? Like they've they've not. They've not added much, and they haven't lost much. They're pretty much the same squad they were. Yeah. Their best player is Zach Levine, who's traditionally been a good stats guy on a bad team, volume scorer, but not the sort of guy who makes teams better or other players better. And I just don't see a lot of talent. So Yeah. Yeah, you, you, other, you, other you, they're, they're, they're young. They're young. Yeah. They're, they'll be fun to watch. But they're going to, they, they're also probably going to give up a ton of points. So, and yeah. another team where I just I don't necessarily see the plan 
Are they possibly one of the youngest teams in the league at the moment? Mm. Yeah. Oh, they got a couple of old. They've been bad for a while, sort of since the Rose, you mm. know, Rose, Butler, Noah. Well, was that the um... – Oh, they were in the. When were they? When did they make it last? It's when we got introduced to playoff Rondo, mm. out of the green, and they looked all right. Then that was the. Was that? The they wouldn't have anyone left from that team, though, would they? No. 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 So. No. As no. a while ago. I just think now. the bottom three or four of the Eastern Conference is not only that they they don't they look incapable of making the playoffs this season. It's that I don't see a path to them. To make yeah, the they, playoffs, and they're going to they have, don't to, have a road. They don't even have a roadmap, like legit. Yeah. Uh, it's we don't we don't know the way forward. Mm. How do we? There is a big gap, and uh, finding the solution to to filling that gap or br- like narrowing the gap between the the bottom half of the east and the top half is a bit of a. It's almost like mountain climbing. Yeah, unfortunately. I agree. And as such, I'm happy to move on from them. From the Bulls. All the Bulls right. to my number 12 team. And I, I just say my 12, 13, and 14 were all in various different orders at various stages of my predictions until I finally came to, to the I'm sure you would have sort of made it like them. really, really just stewed over the rankings of the bottom of the East. Oh, I, I did. would have That's rolled dice, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you do like board games. Yes. Um, Number 12, I have my rankings is Detroit. I think I had them making the playoffs last season or coming very close to. Yeah. Um, what the, I mean, they're, the, they're the first team that have got a, a guy who has ever been a genuine superstar, and they've got two of them. They've got Derek Rose, who's obviously well past his prime, and Blake Griffin, who is sort of past his prime. They've signed Jeremy Grant, but they lost Christian Wood, who, ever, who was everyone. So much of everybody, so many people had him as their sleeper best free agent signing that he went from underrated to overrated. But anyway, we'll talk about that when we get to the Western Conference. I'm, and, and I'm looking it. through Detroit at the moment and the amount of transactions is mind-blowing. Mm. So there has been a lot of movement. Mm. They've been making moves. The, que- the question is why um, they've made some of them. And... There was a time in the NBA where I think if a team decided we've got we've been out of the playoffs for a long time, I think it's reasonable for us to make some moves and spend some money to try and make the bottom, you know, make the two, last two seeds in the playoffs. Then people yep. would have been like, "That's fine," but you know, good on you, more strength to your arm. But those days are long gone, and yeah. it feels like that's what's. That, that is what Detroit is trying to do now. They drafted Killian Hayes, who's projected to start a point guard. Um, and they did that because he fell to them. So they signed Jeremy Grant, um, who at various times in the playoffs for Denver as they made their long run looked incredible or a complete liability. They also signed Mason Plumley from the Denver Nuggets, who's best known for blowing the coverage on Anthony Davis on his game-winning shot and forever <laughs> shall be known for that. Um, again, not a hugely deep team. They probably go six or seven deep at best. Um, but they do have Blake Griffin, who can still be a very good player in the NBA. Um, they've got pieces. They've yeah, got they've pieces. Got but then like- it doesn't feel like, yeah, they're not built to uh, to go into the playoffs and 
and win. They're trying to make a push to hit that eighth spot if they're lucky. Mm. And what's the point of that? I mean, keep the shareholders happy, the fans, whatever, whatever, whoever they're trying to impress. Mm. Um, if I was a Detroit fan, I wouldn't be overly impressed with scraping in to the eighth seed and then getting belted in the first round. But there yeah. are incentives and bonuses for for making it. And look, I mean, getting in there sort of gives them a little bit of hope for the future. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not bullish. And no, it's. I don't think the future is bright. I, I still don't think that the Blake Griffin acquisition was the the smartest move for them. But what else are you going to do? They're not a. I mean, they could get... make a move. They could. I mean, Detroit have probably missed an opportunity to do what Oklahoma City have done. Mm. Um, they haven't completely missed it. There is still an opportunity, but those the same number of draft picks are not going to be around because a lot of them have been spent and have ended up in Oklahoma City or New Orleans. So this is true. Um, who's going to be there to think we need one more piece? We're going to make a push. Let's go and get Blake Griffin. Um, mm. It's interesting. It's interesting. That will be. I think we were probably having the same discussion last season about does Blake Griffin move or things like that. So, yeah, it becomes a difficult contract to move as well. Mm. We've seen some difficult contracts move, but they tend to move for other difficult contracts. Yeah, so, we'll get to that one. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll move on from Detroit. Speaking of potentially difficult contracts, number eleven on my list of teams in the Eastern Conference is the Charlotte Hornets. Mm. They've they've certainly we've decided... got talking points about Charlotte. Hey, we could talk great because I was just thinking we like to alert our affiliates they'll be ending early. Um, it's the fifteenth trash, fourteenth trash. <laughs> oh, so, we've got some news about this team. Yes, so obviously they've drafted Lamelo Ball, ah, oh. uh, and they've signed Gordon Hayward, and they've got two players on their roster named Cody which makes them sound like a Saved by the Bell ripoff. But I actually, I'm I'm interested to see what the Hornets dish up. I don't think they'll be any good, but I'm interested. They've got a projected starting lineup of Ball, Devontae Graham with Terry Rozier backing up both of those guys, Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, and Cody Zeller. Um, Might I add that they lost Dwayne Bacon. He signed with the Magic. Anyway. That's shame. They, but they do I just have love a, that. I just, I just like which the, is, the word Which bacon. is terrible because now they've got a guy on their team named Keondre. Yes, Keondre Cook. Like, they cook and bacon. Cook and bacon. And <laughs> um, this is where it always deteriorates when we talk about each other. Let's make fun about their people's names. Um, they also have a center named Nick Richards. Um, oh, my God. It's oh obviously boy. not terribly funny. Um, so... Yeah, Charlotte's... Melo's um, played three, four preseason games. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, over that time, 11 of 42. Um, we all know he's a trash shooter, right? And he's 6 from 22 from outside the arc. Yeah, refer to the point about him being a trash shooter. Um, I, I think he's um, he's a poor man's Lonzo. He's not as good as his older brother, but he can pass. He's still got that. He's got that court vision, and likes a good flashy pass. 
and he can rebound. I mean, he's already grabbed some rebounds. He's six seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got that. He's actually, is he listed at? He's listed at six eight. You've got him at six eight. Okay. We're, oh, we're, I'm I'm going. I'm on NBA.com looking ah. at it, and it's he's listed as six eight. And I'm like, that's rubbish. But anyway, I am on, I am on a different site. Um, <laughs> the one that tells the real height. Yeah. Um, it's got Charles Barkley listed at five foot ten. Um, sorry, no disrespect. Charles, one of my favorite basketballs of all time. Um, you know, he's so, I mean, he showed he could score. He can show he, he, he he's obviously delivered some pretty good highlight passes, but he's only had he's not he's he's playing against four assists a game on twenty two minutes yeah. in the preseason. So he's he's not those aren't Stockton numbers. Um, no, no, they're not. And well, yeah. Because we, we've already hey. overpassed Detroit. His brother, and there was a point where all three ball, ball brothers were going to be in the NBA. And then Detroit just went, nah. Yep. Only one game has he had more assists than turnovers. So he's had he has fifteen assists and fourteen turnovers in the preseason. So this will be this will be interesting. Obviously, Charlotte have decided that uh they're gonna go all in with him and You've got Hayward, um, who is questionable to start the season, but obviously he wanted out of Boston because he felt he'd been snake bitten there. Um, yeah, they never Charlotte. tend to be—they never tend to be terrible. As in, they always seem to put a, a product on the on the on the court that's not you know like they're going to go for this season like ten and sixty. Actually, through. I think these guys rival Chicago for like the youngest lineup. Hmm. This is probably another reason why they went Hayward, but they gave him ninety million for three years. There's so. a lot of kids on this roster. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of kids on this roster. So Do you think I that's Jordan's plan? No, no, not no. that what? Jordan gets final say on anything. We just think he's part owner. So Jordan, Jordan, you know, Isaiah Thomas said something <laughs> on first take uh, right before Jordan bought the team, which was like, you know that Chicago Bulls team? They only ever won with old guys. And Jordan was like, I took that personally. <laughs> well, now, now look at what he's now, assembled. Yeah. So he'll he'll change now because I've just said that and he'll be like, I took that personally. Took okay. You're going to take that personally. Is that joke dead now? We killed it? I, I think we've um we've loaded up the balloon with lead and we're on the way <laughs> down. We are, we are plummeting as we speak. We are plummeting. So there's a lot of R's, is what I can see next to the experience of the uh, of the roster. Yep. So you get a lot of young. I guess you call them potential. That's that's what they're looking for. You got a decent piece like Haywood. I mean, he's now injured again, but that's not the point. But he's got. Um, he's got to come in and immediately be the leader, doesn't he? Has he to has be. to. He has to have the C on the shirt. You know, he's the well, experienced guy who's had who's got the playoff reps and. I'm trying to figure Bismack Biombo is the next most experienced person on the lineup. The greatest Marv Albert name of all time. <laughs> Bismack Biombo! And it counts. Who are we? That's, Who's next? That's, that's I'm three, looking at experience here. This is terrible. I think that's three consecutive podcasts where I've done the Marv the Albert Mac Biombo Jake joke. But at the at the risk of becoming very meta, can we move on? Okay, I was just, can I just point out that Cody yes. Zeller is the third most experienced player on that squad? Good luck, Charlotte. You're going to be young, entertaining, and you hopefully grow as a unit. It'll be good. Um, enjoy. Is it 11th you had them in? I had them 11th. Look, cool. I think ideally they want to see 
Lamelo by the end of the season, like the last couple of months, putting up like 15, 15, five and seven, something like that. And we was doing that yeah. with maybe three turnovers a game. Then you know, is this the what we they need and what thirty five percent from three? I mean, he's got realistic targets. He's a project. Can I, can I say that in three years he'll be joining his brother and not in the NBA? Okay, you're you're you're. I'm not a ball hater. I just think I don't know. He needs to mature a lot. Yeah, I don't think it's the right situation for him necessarily to do that. And there would have been better we'll situation see. if he matures. Maybe he becomes something, but we see maturity. It's all about maturity with that kid. He's got talent. He just needs to develop it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, where are we in the east? Um, so we went third. I mean, there's no other position. I mean. There was one situation where it was it would have been really good if he had gone to, and one situation that was bad that anyone went to. So, yeah, you know, Charlotte, you're basically saying it would have been better if he had dropped. So, and he would have had to keep dropping to sort of find himself in a good situation. So, imagine he was on the Knicks. That was a joke, but anyway, who have you got at number ten? Who have I got at number ten? Got the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic. You are very yeah. different to the power rankings. Okay, fair enough. I, I, like. I like this. I don't – I am not enthused by the Magic, and I don't think they've – I mean, they're they're in a situation where they're competitive, but they just can't seem to, you know, get over the hump, and eventually that wears thin. You know, you can't mm. just keep doing that. They're the ones who signed Dwayne Bacon. He's penciled in to start, you know, at small forward for the Atlanta Magic. They've got Marco Fultz. they got Evan Fournier, Mr. The aforementioned Mr. Bacon, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic. Um. They've got some, you know, some guys on their bench who, you know, could be uh, reliable in a nine-man playoff rotation. But you they know, they didn't change a lot, which no. I actually think is beneficial because they were they they're improving. Like they're not they're not go, they're not sliding backwards. Yeah, um, but, but you're right. Really- but there's nothing exciting about them. Mm. They're like not a headline ha- team. That's the problem. There's a couple of movers I have ahead of them who are who are I'm, I'm happy with something they've done, mm-hmm. and every other team has a superstar or two all-star quality caliber players. So and that's that's what they're missing. They're they're going to be yeah. missing that for a while by the look of it. Like effectively, Vucevic is their superstar. Oh, and Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're both. I don't, I don't think Gordon's made an All Star team. Vucevic has made one, mm. so they have a former number one pick in Markel Fultz. But well, we're he's all, got. We're sort of, yeah, he's bro- he he he's not as broken as I think we first anticipated. No, but I think we've all you know checked our and changed our expectations. Yeah, you know, last the ship year has he sailed averaged, on him being a superstar. Yeah, last year he averaged twelve points and five five assists, and we're like, good on Just, him. Yeah, and we're just like, we're happy with him putting up DJ Augustin numbers. You yeah. know, and this guy was the number one draft pick. So. Well, at least he, he, at least he wasn't putting up Anthony Bennett numbers. <laughs> well, just he might have say. been doing really well in the Israel League, but. I said he went um, to Turkey. But anyway. Turkey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he may have gone to both. We never know. Um, oh, boy. But, you know, he's been in the league a few years now. This is. Mm, the. Third, fourth, fourth campaign. Fourth season, fourth or fifth season. Um, and, you know, he needs to take that next step to sort of, I mean, he's 22. He's, I mean, but we've all just got to 
maybe we've got to temper our expectations. And yeah. Orlando, if they're going to be competing for home court in the first round of playoffs, I'm not saying Orlando can't make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised they make the playoffs at all. They're the, they're the first team I've got to really like. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be surprised if Charlotte makes the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if Orlando makes the playoffs. Yeah. Um, got to host the bubble. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but, you know, I, do, I don't, for them to be challenging for the sort of position in the playoffs you need to be in to win a title yeah. um, and make well, make the NBA Finals, um, they need Fultz to be 20 and 8. He needs to be 12. a number one draft pick level. Yeah. You know, they. I mean, they. Uh, to be fair, they could settle for Mike Conley, you know, mm. at the peak of his career, not some incredibly great point guard, but that's where they are. So I um actually it's it's interesting one of the uh the quotes on the power rankings here and this is where my opinion on them sits the magic appear to be on the dreaded treadmill of mediocrity yeah running it back with the same team that sort of went just under 500 yeah and I feel so, there's a whole bunch of mid-market mid-table teams in the Eastern Conference in particular who just get stuck in this rut where they they feel like they can't afford to blow it up. There is a note there on Fultz. This is a contract year. This is the last year of his rookie deal. Okay. This is money year for Fultz. Well, hopefully that works for Orlando. Mm. That's but just interesting. He, you know, If he has a, like a career year and going into a contract year and averages the 20 and 8, Orlando probably need them to make you know, to seriously take a step in the Eastern Conference, then there's going to be teams all around the NBA who are going to be. There needs to be more here. than a step. The Vucevic so, is still their all-star. Even if Fultz steps up, they're still on the. They're in plateau mode. They need a star. But think of the teams. You know, Miami now have a whole bunch of money next season, and Dragic comes out of contract. You know, mm. they could. And you know, that's not a huge stretch. You know. If Fultz takes a step, well, we'll just we'll, we'll go and sign Michael Fultz. Um, there are, you know, I, I'm going through the three or four other teams. You know, even someone like Denver, you know, could be thinking that could be a third piece if he takes the next step. So, you know, there are yeah. more attractive there's places dan- than Orlando. There's danger in plateauing, I think. Yeah, because so, other teams make moves and things change. Hmm. Absolutely. Toronto might be looking to replace Larry who's also in a contract. You know, this is the sort of thing. My a lot of what has worked out in Utah. You know, there's there's good teams, well-run teams, who are going to be hopping on Markel Fultz if he takes the leap. So that's the fact he's had a contract and he's in a contract. You know, it's great for Orlando short term, but they might be left with nothing. So anyway. We're, we're up to number nine. We are. We're up to number nine. The last team I've got not making the playoffs. And I think you had this team in around this spot last season. Um, it's the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. And I I thought you were about to – no, well, you're right. I had Atlanta as night last season, and my, that were my my smoky. I thought they were – I thought they were really going to give it a crack. Mm. The young bodies. It was all that potential, yep. I guess. Yep. So they've added Rondo, they've added a lot. Rondo Bogdanovich, and Gallinari. If they make the playoffs, they're going to be scary because yeah. Rondo's on that team. Yeah. So Rondo not only gives them a great sort of mentor like a for one, Trey Young get... in terms of better plays, like an assistant coach 
an yeah. extra assistant coach, but he also enables Atlanta to move Trey Young off the you know, to play off the ball. Yes. If they want to do that, they can play Rondo at the one and Young at the two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is suddenly a roster that looks like it's got great flexibility. They've got Collins and Gallinari. So, you know, they can go more traditional with the power forward or they can stretch the floor. Cam Reddish is also in that sort of situation. Um, they've got Clint Capella, who spent a lot of time playing small ball five. So who they went and got last season when they when they got involved in the Covington Drummond trade. Um I've got Capella still. That's he's no slouch. John Collins. Mm. Mm. Just looking at the lineup here, like they they've got some potential. There's a lot to like, and Trey Young is a genuine all star. Um, mm. What? what well, they got um, Bogdanovich as well. Mm. Um, he obviously hasn't played. He's the sort of guy who's not going to play a lot um, in preseason. But last season he was. 29.6 points, 9.3 assists. Those are elite numbers they offensively. Are. Um, you know, he's hitting three and a half threes a game. Uh, he's, he, I mean, everyone knows he's got to be better defensively, but, um, you know, his, his, his shooting from the field showed a clear improvement from year one to year two, as did his free throw percentage. So, um, you know, his assists, but everything went up. Everything yeah. went up. Everything got better. Um, he's got to take better care of the ball. Um, but I imagine his usage rate is pretty much astronomical. Uh, Rondo will help with that. Um, they'll become more unpredictable. So there's a lot to like with the Atlanta, and I probably would have had them um, in the playoffs had they're a little, team not they're made a, little a really big, significant along. move. Yeah. They're a little bit further along than they were this time last year. So I've, yes. I've got them in that that watch this space. Hmm. Sort of, yeah. That that's where they're featuring at the moment. I'm, I'm like, this will be exciting to watch. Yeah, and like, I had in, them, an interesting team to look at. Yeah, I had them in the eight spot yeah. until another team made a move and mm. they went up. So, I believe you're about to talk about that team next. I, I believe I am. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the Hawks. I wouldn't be surprised they made the playoffs, and I think they can probably, um, depending on how they start the season, they could be in like the top six well the but, east is an interesting conference yeah, definitely they, think there's opportunity there if they uh they get on a bit of a run and if rondo's locked in the other thing rondo does is he makes them better defensively so Correct. and they 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 needed that a lot um the team okay so now we're getting to the teams i think are going to make the playoffs and in the number eight slot in my Eastern Conference prediction is the Washington Wizards. They are the team that made the move. They traded John Wall, who wasn't playing for Russell Westbrook, who will play. They've got Bradley Beal. Um, now that who, that's a key that's a key point you make though. Mm. Like a player that it doesn't matter what the skill level is, he didn't play at all last season. Yeah. So you're literally just adding Russell Westbrook to last year's team to start with. Yeah. I like it. Mm. I don't know how it'll go. I don't know how Beal and Westbrook play together. I don't know how Westbrook plays with a lot of people, but yeah, if they can find some chemistry, I think it'll be it'll be a very interesting, interesting duo. We'll call it that. They're both Look, kind of combo guardish. 
They are. And, I mean, that has its advantages and disadvantages. Westbrook dominates the ball, which is probably, which is probably a bit of a problem uh, in that regard because if you want those combo guards, you want them to be able to sort of flick the switch between who handles and who doesn't mm. and not worry about, you know, oh, today I didn't. I got 12 think- shots and you got 25 and then it'll work out because now the next day the matchups or who's hot will work out and it'll be me. I'll get 25 shots and you'll get 12. But Do you think uh, with with that, Westbrook's stint in uh, in Houston, mm-hmm. do you think that now he's just chomping at the bit to be a ball hog again? Or well, he's actually that- learnt something from being playing the role he did in Houston alongside um, Harden? I think, I don't know, we, you know, since this happened, we have had a global pandemic, so I'm going to forgive people for being forgetful, but, and Westbrook was injured in the bubble, so mm-hmm. he, he barely played. We'll call it, we'll remind some people, we'll call it MVP, former MVP, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, well, he has one more he has won an MVP, MVP than either of us, um, but, and this might be part of the reason why Harden started being unhappy. <laughs> is they made their run from January to March when they started turning things around because they turned the offense over to Russell Westbrook. Mm. They went uber small not to facilitate James Harden, who had no problems getting his points and winning games and getting them deep into the playoffs for all Harden's uh, criticism, all the criticism for Harden in the playoffs. You know, they had made the conference finals. They, they had won playoff series. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit more than you can say about Westbrook. His teams win regular season games, but you know he's been knocked out in the first round a lot more than than James Harden has. Yep. But they turned the offense over to Westbrook, so I don't think he's you know if he's champing at the bit, and people are like, well now Russell Westbrook gets a chance to be a ball you know to dominate the ball because he's not playing with James Harden anymore. No, he was dominating the ball last season before the season got shut down. Mm. But his shot that, selection, you look at his shot selection last season, he, he was a lot more, um, well, oh, what would the word be? He was more composed with his shot selection. Hmm. So I'd like to see that Westbrook again rather than the just jacket and hope for the best, like just shoot at will Westbrook. And he's got Bradley Beal with him. So I think he can be that facilitating ball handler that they yeah. need him to be. Yeah. But he's not we're not we shouldn't be thinking about Russell Westbrook as an upgrade on John Wall because John Wall didn't play. He's an no. upgrade on Ish Smith, who was playing starting point guard last season for the Washington Yeah, Wizards. true that. Um they this put up a true. ton of points last season. They're gonna put up a ton of points this season. They are a hard team to they were a hard team to keep up with last season in terms of scoring. Mm. Um, another one of these young running gun type or young teams yeah and you know run a running team that you know plays at a breakneck pace is going to suit Russell Westbrook down to the ground um, you'll love it yeah he's going to go close to averaging a triple double again um, you know he's got Bradley Beal who's going to be you know as good as a reliable shooter as um, anybody else that Westbrook has played with and scores so those True. statistical opportunities are going to be on there I think they're going to win games um, I don't think they can win the title because, you know, history has shown that Russell Westbrook doesn't get you there. But they also they don't can... have a lot of serious pieces aside from those two. Mm. No, it's the size where they're lacking, I guess. Thomas Bryant's actually come a long way. He's been really good for them. Mm. 
he's also in a contract year. So mm. maybe restricted. But yeah, they weren't far away last season. And Westbrook is an upgrade. So Yeah, he certainly is. Certainly is. Yeah. So that's why I had them that's why I have them eighth. Sneaking in. Yeah. A team I'm not really enthused about is seventh. And that is the Indiana Pacers. I knew you were gonna say that. It's like saying, when you say you're not enthused, it's like, all right, we get it. They're a boring team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not they're, so, I, look, they're, they're well, they're a, they're a well-constructed squad. I was the, I was the non-fan of this team in the nineties who was like, I just love watching the Utah Jazz execute an offense. So they were, they were, they were boring as bad. See, I used to like Reggie Miller just, yeah. Running off screens. Um, yeah. No, I just, Indiana had to make a move. They didn't want to play Sabonis and Turner at the same time. Um, Oladipo doesn't want to be there. They had they had assets that they could have, you know, made a move. Is that is that is that confirmed? Has he said anything? I don't know, but they could have they could have done something where they could have gone and get gone and got someone. You know, Um, there were players available moving around. You know, I think they want to see. They're running it back to see how it goes. Yeah, but now I I will defend the running it back thing as we just bragged on Orlando. Yeah, but these guys have a superstar in Oladipo. He played. He didn't play last year, mm. and Indiana was still a playoff team. At their best, they have a very good starting five with Brogdon, Oladipo, TJ Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. But we yeah. don't really think Sabonis and Turner can play together. Mm. I think it'll be interesting. I actually think, I mean, it's very dependent on on how Oladipo plays, but I I think they'll be very serviceable. They have all the holidays except the good one. On that <laughs> they do. T- <laughs> oh, they got, they got Justin Holiday and Aaron Holiday. It's not quite signing the ball brother who got. It's like who the got, Lakers who got, did it. We, we've got um, who got waved by Detroit and the dad. <laughs> <laughs> we got all. The, well, we've uh, got an answer to Kumpo. <laughs> Which yeah, one have but, we got? No, we've got Costas, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. You're you're. The problem with you pointing that out, Adam, and I, I do kudos for trying to sound, you know, self-deprecating. But you're pro- you've probably thought about how you the Lakers in the next twelve months can still trade for Giannis. So oh, it's going to happen. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to fully tip my cap off to you because you're you're in that land of delusion already, and it doesn't matter because you're a Laker fan. There isn't there isn't a there isn't we, a we, we superstar a NBA place. player. Throughout your entire lifetime, you haven't worked out on the trade machine and worked out who exactly who you're going to trade for, so you can have all the players. That's where um, all of the efforts in Los Angeles go, mm. working out that trade machine. Again, and this is a team that they're the best team that's mired in this middle of mediocrity in the Eastern Conference, but they're still they're still mired in it, and they've never they had to make a move. They they had the, they had the pieces to go out and get a. They've got the same situation as Washington without having to trade a player. Yeah. They had without Oladipo this season. They've got him with him this. <laughs> so there are guys be... they could have they could have went and got. You know they could have they could put together a a package for Ben Simmons, for example. 
But then do they do they do they upset the apple cart by getting rid of too much? That's my my counter to that. It's yeah, but they're upsetting us. They're upsetting a a, you know they're not never going to be a top three seed with these teams. They might be a four seed. They were a four seed last time and they got swept. Mm. So yeah, this is true. They could they could put together a package involving Oladipo and Miles Turner to get James Harden. Yeah, yeah. But they're not even thinking about it. No, they're but they've always been it. that. And, I, and no offense to Indiana, they've always been that boring, stay the course team. But and that's really, exactly I mean, what they're doing. There've been some really good Indiana teams. Obviously, the Indiana team that made the NBA Finals, you know, at the end of the nineties, and sort yeah. of as a. As a as a karmic reward for the sort of competitiveness they had had right throughout the nineties with those teams built around Reggie Miller, but then you know that team that took the Lakers to six, yeah, you know, Travis Best, Jalen Rose, Reggie, the Davis non brothers, Rick Smiths, <laughs> you know, the two good months of Austin Crozier's career. Um, who else they have? Uh, Derek McKee. Yeah, they just had a. Oh, they were a really good, solid nine-man rotation with some really good players. They pushed the Bulls as far as anybody did. Um, you know, I just don't want to seem disrespectful. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Indiana. And then, of course, you get the teams that pushed Miami in the, in the early part of last decade with built around Paul George and Roy Hibbert and Danny Granger yeah. and those guys. But They've always played it safe. You just always. know when there's a superstar trade going on, and it's like, wow, they're putting together all these pieces. You're just like, well, it's not going to be the Pacers. It's also a different market, I guess. Indiana can't afford to – they don't have the pitch. I'd like to see them compete for an NBA title, and they probably have to make that move. Because if they draft someone of that superstar level you can build a team around, then, you know, what would have happened if they had drafted Giannis? I I would like to see them. Milwaukee are in the same situation, and they've made the move, you know. So – yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to see them take a risk, but I also understand um, why they're cautious, why they err on the side of caution. So, mm. but good, good luck to them. I think they're they're definitely up there this year. They're, I don't know, seventy two games, healthy Oladipo. They can get some chemistry happening. Maybe, maybe. I think they're a dark horse. I think they're I, very, very solid. I think they make the playoffs, and they're out in the first round again. Um, Who's in number six? My number six is the Toronto Raptors. Um, I have question marks over Toronto. I, I mean, again, this is <clears throat> till they break up this team, they've got my respect. And you know, they defended the title last season after losing their best player. Uh, the way you would want to see any NBA title defended, the way that you know, I think. They didn't give Bulls up. Bulls fans in 99 or Mavericks fans in 2012 would be like, geez, would it be nice if we just, you know, defended the Been able to, yeah. And as I said, they lost their best player. They've now lost Abaka and Gasol. They've replaced them with Aaron Baines, um, who's a solid NBA Look, player. But I, that's I, asking a bit much. I was going to say, I'm all all for the uh, the Aaron Baines doing, uh, really stepping up and playing a big role. But Mark Gasol and Serge Abaka, you're not replacing those two. Not in a hurry. Not not with Aaron Baines and no, Alex no. Len. Um, but they've still got Lowry, Van Vliet, OG, I don't know, hit one of the all-time great buzzer beater in a playoff game, that Boston game. And they've got Siakam. Um, 
they're going to be a tough out every night. You know, they're going to, they're going to, just with their attitude and the way yeah. that they are coached and the way that they compete, they're going to win 40 games. I think we need to give a shout out here to, to, uh, to Dan for his love of Nick Nurse. Well, I mean, <laughs> I love him too. He's, he's, one of the I still three can't four... believe of all, all the coaches in NBA history, he wanted to pick Nick Nurse as his coach for his all <laughs> Yes, on me. <laughs> I had Steve Kerr. Uh, and you had Phil. I had Popovich. Yep. Oh, you Popovich, sorry. And he picked Nick Nurse. No. Oh, no, Apparently... he had to use the only ones that were in the game. So oh, okay. he didn't have Phil, so yep. that's why, yeah, yeah, he picked Nick Nurse. We kept, yeah, we had to pick from current. Yeah. That's right. But still, to, to coach an all-time team, that was pretty impressive. Mm. That that was good. Apparently, Jeff Hornacek was unavailable. <laughs> um, no, that's disrespectful. That, no, I, did, I didn't mean that, but... Um, <laughs> so, I mean, until the Raptors fall in a heap, I'm going to, I'm going to keep putting them in my rankings as, as reliable. And when they do let me down, I'm going to stick them below Cleveland until I, the day I die. Um, they, they, cause I still haven't forgiven for Cleveland for getting, I gave them that treatment two years ago and they just didn't show up at all. <laughs> yeah, look. I'd, I'd hate to see Toronto fall right off the radar, but we'll see. They're young players. It could be a hot and cold thing. They could take another step up. It's a lot. I think we're in. A, we're really. When you look outside the top of both conferences, we're at this turning point now with teams where those young players are in year two to five, really starting to make their mark on the league. Yeah, and it's yep. You've had a breakout year but you've got to follow it up. So this is, I guess there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, components there in Toronto. A lot of pieces that, yep, you've shown you can do it. Can you maintain it? Can you take another step up? Should also be mentioned, the Raptors are playing their games this season in Tampa, Florida. So oh, really? yeah, because uh, I think, I think it'd be like quarantine every time they. Apparently there's a pandemic back, thing happening over there. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, you know, without making love, is terrible. Um, yes. What's going on at the moment over there? So amazing they're getting this NBA season going as well. Mm. And just on a side note, just watching the preseason games and watching them sort of play basketball with the stadiums configurated in the ice hockey configuration so that they can have the room to yeah. spread out the benches like they were in the bubble. It's a, It takes a little bit of getting used to. Yep, but it's we're, we're headed in the right direction and we're... we're... We're on the way back to some form of normality. At least they're being played in stadiums now. Yes, and they're home games and away games, and they've solved the travel thing. So I'm the Raptors right. at six, but you know, with the tra- with the, the with seventy two road games, and I wouldn't be surprised. But you know, they're not going to go. They're not going to go down without a fight. So no, no. All right, my, my number five. Now we're getting in the rare fight. Now we're probably getting into. The top five, which are teams I think can win the Eastern Conference. So, I'm glad you, you you said win the Eastern Conference. Is there a couple? Is there any in there that you think can win the actual championship? Um, I mean, yeah, there's probably one, but maybe two, depending if they make a move. But mm. um, my number five is the Brooklyn Nets. Ooh. And this is because this is sort of the opposite of the Raptors. I don't know if I necessarily trust them yet. Can I say, off the bat, 
the the few s- small things I've seen of Kevin Durant this preseason, I am enthused. Um, it has been a while since we've seen Durant on the floor. Yeah, he looks sufficiently quick, which is always the thing you worry about when players are coming back from a from a serious Achilles injury. Mm. He um, had a little bit of extra time though. To... Mm. Their uh, their their projected starting five is Kyrie Irving, Karis Levert, who uh, who I'll never forgive for missing that game winner that would have knocked Portland out and sent Phoenix into the playing game. Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and Jarrett Allen. They got DeAndre. They've got Spencer Dinwiddie. They've got Landry Shamet. Um, they've got depth. They've got a good starting five. Um, and they might trade for James Harden. Do you think they'll get a deal done on that front? I, I don't. I, see I don't how think they're done. the most attractive. I don't think they can put a, the most attractive package to Houston. And I feel mm. like I feel like Houston, if they wanted or had no problem with just sending James Harden to wherever he asked to be sent, I feel like it would have happened already. Yeah, so true that. I feel like Houston are looking for the best package, and as they should. Yeah, I mean, as they're entitled to. Dinwiddie, Levert, and DeAndre Jordan's probably the best they can do. Um, and that's probably not as good as what... None of those three players are as good as Ben Simmons. And, you know, despite Daryl Morey's protestations, um, it seems like Ben Simmons would be the cornerstone of any deal that Philadelphia made for James Harden. So it would be a better deal. The... the, the you know, Brooklyn is a the Brooklyn trade would maybe be the best seventy five cents in the dollar trade ever made. It'd be mm. the best. Hey, we're getting we're getting seventy five cents, but these are three sparkling, shining new quarters um, in the American parlance. <laughs> but they're still not at James Harden's level. While Simmons is a genuine superstar, so yeah, this is true. Um, so there's that, and so there's a bit of an uncertainty, a bit of a, a, a you know un unknown grade to go with Brooklyn and also Kyrie who burnt Sage in the arena on the court in the preseason game against Boston at uh, Boston's home court, the TD, TD, whatever it is, center to sort of get rid of the bad vibes of, you know, the Boston home court for him. He, 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 he decided that a bit of homeopathy was the best thing to go about it. To get can rid of we? It. Can we? Um, I have we, a feeling like we shouldn't discuss it, but <laughs> can we? Can we just? Can we? Can we just never ever? We only talk about Aussie basketballers. Yeah. Not let people know that Kyrie was born in Melbourne. He has. He has suggested that um, he would like to finish his career in Australia, playing in the NBL. Well, currently there's a, there's a global pandemic, and he's not allowed in the country. Go away. <laughs> It would be amazing to see him come back at like 33, 34 years of age, be the best player in the league by two full feet, and somehow still not have his win team win the title because of internal fighting. Yes. What what would you call the opposite of a glue guy? <laughs> um, a leaf blower guy. I'd be yeah, the leaf blower. You just call him a wind tunnel um, guy. He just blows people apart. What um, what do you use to get rid of glue? Acetone or <laughs> the, the he's not the glue poli- guy. He's the acetone. The nail polish remover guy. That's it. Um, That's it. <laughs> As he paints his flat world. Anyway, yeah. I mean, 
Look, Kyrie's a great basketballer, but uh, yeah, there's something wrong. Yeah, you see there and you watch him do something like that and then you watch him pull up for an 80-foot jump shot and it goes in and you think, God, I wish I could do that. So, and... and Well, there's another... There are a couple of other unknowns with this Brooklyn team. We've got head coach Steve Nash. Steve Nash, head coach, straight to the top of... Top, straight to the front with, of the queue, Steve. With assistant coach Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. So a lot of defense there, uh, Adam. Form, you know, as two guys who... I think I spelled that wrong. Fatigued. Mike Anti-D. Yeah, here we go. There you go on your bingo that you're playing at home. We've had Biz McBeyondo and the Marv Albert Voice. We've had Mike Antony. Mike um, Antony, because it's definitely no D. That is had, a, every had, time we talk about that, man. We've had the seven-hour podcast joke. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just Nash and D'Antoni. We both follow teams that have been coached by Mike D'Antoni. One more successfully than the other, I might say, and just... Just for a change, it was me who had the better experience with than the Laker fan. Um, obviously, has a relationship with Nash, and mm. I would have thought Nash would be trying to bring in a defensive coach, like someone like not that you know, I know what Tim Tom, Tom Thibodeau is doing, but I would have thought Nash would be a pretty offensively minded coach, and he's gone for his head assistant for you know the offensive coach of assistant his generation. Assistant coach for player development is Tiago Splitter. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna say that. This is gonna. This is, uh, how, this is going to be an interesting year. Yeah, correct me if it's if you think it's already happened. But how long do you reckon it's going to take Dan Tony to suggest playing Durant at five? Uh, what what night's their first game? Uh, it'll be Wednesday, won't it? Maybe Wednesday. Yeah, maybe close. Be a feature. I haven't even got the roster up. Um, look, it's 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 an obvious move. I think Nash will be in the vein of the Dan Tony system anyway. I can't like. Nash's best basketball came from that seven-second offense. Hmm. So, Kyrie's a bit of a ball stopper. He's not. He plays in a more old-fashioned type of offense where the sort of ball goes to him and then he has to do his thing. I feel like Durant could. I mean, Durant's maybe one as of long as he's, he's, a, he's and Durant got picked in our all-time teams. Yeah, so that's how good Durant is. Um, he could play any position, but. Yeah, I he reckon he'll be, be running at the five. Seven be, seconds or yeah. better f- run the floor five of all time. Mm. Um, and that's that would be the the advantage of may of maybe if they went and got hard and they and they, you know, they had like Shamit starting at the three and Harris at the four and Durant at the five and just go real small and just run teams off the park where everybody can shoot the ball from you know, air on the court, but you have some, you know, you guys then Shamit, Harris, and Durant who can also play defense. So, mm. you know, the, the sky's the limit for Brooklyn, but they've just got guys who you have question marks over. There's, because there's of, a lot of question marks there, I guess. So, I, you know, I as a result, they, they slip a little bit. Completely. Yeah, custom. yeah. Now, to completely, to move on to a team with completely different problems, except for the fact that, except for all of the problems that are exactly the same. Number four is the Philadelphia 76ers. Another recurring theme mm-hmm. on this podcast, mark it off your bingo. Um, I like what they've done this offseason. They got out of the Al Horford contract, um, which I think confirms two things. Um, one, you know, that they were serious about, you know, that Daryl Morey was serious about changing things up. Yep. Second of all, it also confirms that they're going to stick with Embiid. 
Because if you were going to trade Embiid, you'd keep Horford. Um, they mm. they then traded Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. Which is fine. Yeah. So Seth Curry and Danny Green, if those two guys get hot on the same night, no one's going to be talking about the fact Ben Simmons can't shoot a three. Mm-hmm. Um, Simmons, Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. They get a little bit smaller, but Harris plays his more nat- you know plays the more natural position for him in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, They've got Tybal, they've got Milton, they've got Dwight Howard on the bench. We I don't think you're not going to see Howard play like he did last season, but no, but he's starting behind Joel and Embiid, so yeah, he'd just be it would just be relief minutes. He's got his ring. It's clear what the situation is, but if there's one NBA player in in the entire history of the NBA who won't see what the picture is signing behind signing to play behind Joel and Embiid, it's Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, but again, it's a bit like does it does it mesh? You know, what does it look like? Does is 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 Doc? Are they done yet? That's the question. Is are they done yet? They've got two of the Lakers championship players on that roster in Green Mm. and Howard. Howard, and they know how to win. Laker championship players going around for different teams this season, but Mm -hmm. you know, is Doc Rivers going to tolerate? Ben Simmons passing up open threes. Or is it like, no, you can't do, you know, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how... uh, With, you know, James Harden potentially available in a trade for uh, Ben Simmons, you know, newsflash, James Harden ain't going to pass up a three. Mm. So you think Ben's on the chopping block? Well, I think if they're going to get Harden, Ben Simmons... They have to, yeah. yeah. It's 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 non-negotiable, right? And, you know, I, it's not going to be Embiid. You know, I would have liked to have seen yeah, this team with reg- Simmons. and I want to see Simmons regrettably, play I think. Um, I think but, regrettably it's not Embiid. Look, I, I get why they keep him, but and in a perfect world, both players would play well together. But I don't know. Simmons. I don't. I'm, I'm not of the school where I think Doc Rivers is his incredible coach. But he's going to be an upgrade on Brett Brown from a head coaching point of view. Yeah, so, yeah. There is going to be improvement this season from the Philadelphia 76ers. They're going to be better on the road. They're, they're going to be more reliable. Um, they'll, they won't have him beaten Horford and Simmons all sort of choking up the floor. Um, Green and Curry will, will be able to stretch it out. But again, I would be, you know, I, I think they can win the Eastern Conference, but that's not where my money would be, just like it wouldn't be on Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I hopefully they it feels like it's a lot un, there's a lot of instability in Philadelphia. And I think the one thing they need is a bit of momentum. Actually, I I think they need what we've been critical about earlier on in the likes of Indiana and Orlando. They need to be on that treadmill. They need some some consistency. Because they're moving pieces so frequently and putting trying to put pieces around Simmons and Embiid. They just need to find a formula. Maybe Doc can do that. Maybe this this roster. Maybe maybe there's something there. I don't know. I don't know. I just I, I think Philly I don't know, they're missing something. They've made the a lot of moves, but they've made the moves to build around two guys, both of whom have yeah, I feel like they're in denial, though. I feel like they're in denial about they need to move one of those pieces for things to work. 
And I think most people feel the same way. Mm. Um, but and it's a completely sort of different regime running things in Philadelphia now that Maury's in and Doc's the coach. But they still yeah. seem sort of emo. They still seem pot committed to use a poker term to yep. this idea of Simmons and Embiid. I know it's hard to walk away from that because you know yeah that's, the chips that's are already the, in on those two. That's the process, and these are two very very good NBA players. They're probably two top twenty players when they're you know healthy and and fit and playing. But one of them might get you James Harden, who is an MVP candidate type player. So, at what point do we put the crystal? Do we rip out the crystal ball to figure out when the process is going to stop being referred to? I think Philly must hate that. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, they deserve it. Yeah, it's enough to the having that come back to you all the time is just enough to have you create a burner Twitter account to criticize Sub- the front office. Submit um, the processing. Yeah. Anyway, so I've got I've got Philly improving because uh, mm. you know. I th- they, they were the sixth seed last season, so... They got them in uh, four. Yeah, I've got them in four. Um, here's a team... The, the team I've got number three um, are a team I seriously thought about having number one. Um, and I liked what they did in the off-season, but I'm just a little worried. And that's the Boston Celtics. Almost had them at one. Almost had them at one. I really do like the Tristan Thompson signing. Mm, um, yeah, look, that that's that's an upgrade at a position they needed. It's all yeah, but it's a, it's a, we have we have we we need a certain type of guy. Um, mm. you know, what what are, what are we looking for in a in a in a guy who can start at center for us? You know, someone who can someone who's a rim runner. Someone who can defend, someone who can rebound, someone who doesn't want the ball, someone who has big game playoff experience, he thinks all the boxes, and you know, someone who's not terribly expensive. Um, he did all that, but Haywood was Haywood was had to go. Yeah, but they didn't have enough minutes to start everybody. You know, they were mm. they had Kemba, they had Marcus Smart, they had Jalen Brown, they had Jason Tatum. Um, and they picked up Jeff Teague as out. well. Someone had to miss out. Kemba's hurt. And I think this is the this is what gives me pause. It's not them losing Hayward, although I think, you know, I think Boston fans would have preferred it if they had re-signed Hayward and then you know retained the asset to move at some other stage for someone else. Yeah. But but Kemba's hurt. They brought in Jeff Teague to back him up. He's going to play a lot of minutes early in the season, and he is a reliable you know guy to bring up the ball. But mm, he's no doesn't Kemba. do a whole lot else. Doesn't do a whole lot else at this stage of his career. He's made an all-star team, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah. I just I just Once again, the Boston Celtics haunted and plagued by injury. Mm. They have been for a while. And obviously they're not a really great stretch to the floor team. You know, Kemba's probably more comfortable from nineteen feet than twenty-three. Um Marcus Smart's hot and cold. Um, you want Tatum go to the ring more than shooting threes. So I mean, they they can, but I just I'm, I think the first I, I like twenty games. I think the Thompson, first twenty but... games of the season set the pace for where they're gonna where they're gonna finish in the East. Yeah, and they did. I mean, this is an advantage that someone like certainly Brooklyn, who who you know had a bunch of players didn't play in the bubble last season, and then the rest of them played you know cursorily because they were out of the playoffs really quickly. Over someone like Boston, who made the conference finals, is they've you know they've had a more normal 
length off season. So Boston, you know, probably the, the, the four teams made the conference finals. You're probably thinking, well, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't playing that long ago. So yeah, they bring a lot of guys back though. So they do have their continuity. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna be good. I think they're gonna be very good. Um, but two teams I have above them. One I really like the team, and one I really like a guy. So fair enough. Mm. You'll be happy not to see Boston in the finals, or you you want Boston in the finals so you guys so we can smash them. Yeah, not yeah. even the gentleman sweep. Just no, no. full broom, flat out, full yep. broom. Yep, fair that's enough. the way you overtake them. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Number two, I have last year's Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat. Yeah, I thought you might. Um, there's no way that the number one, the number one, isn't going to be the other team that hasn't yeah. been named. So they bring back Dragic for a year. They're running it relatively. They're running they're it back, back. They're running it back. They lose. They lost Crowder, but um, they got one of our key. The key things that got the Lakers the defensive presence they did, and that was through the regular season. That's Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley. Yep. So I hope they get up. two seasons ago. Avery Bradley, who was trashed. <laughs> <laughs> also got a guy on their on their roster named Precious. Oh really? Yeah, precious Achiwa. Let's see this. He's a power forward. Um, a precious they, power forward. And Udonis Haslam is still on that roster. So precious Achiwa. Um, yeah, no, I'm not even going to try. They've got 60 guys in the roster, and Udonis Haslam is still one of them. Who I think played in their 06 title. Yeah. Um, Age 40, 17th campaign, still not playing. Did he play a game last season? Let's do 20 minutes waxing lyrical about Udonis. Um, he played four games last He played 44 minutes last season. Did he? Yeah. No, uh, that was 18-19. That was 19-20. He played, we played 10 games in 18-19. I've got no stats for 19-20. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Three points, four rebounds a game. Career eight and seven guy. Career eight and seven guy. Yeah. You wish you were a career eight and seven guy. Um so Dragic, Robinson, Butler, Myers Leonard, and Bam. They re-signed Bam to the max, which is good news for them. So Bam Bam. Yeah, like one, of Bam, the, Bam. one of the revelations of the last two years in the NBA. Um bench, they've got Kendrick Nantala Hero, Avery Bradley, Andre Igadala, Mo Harkless, Kelly and Linick. They're deep. They're reliable, they're tough. And they're not injured anymore. Road, well, they've got a few little injuries at the moment. Um, but the road to the NBA Finals goes through South Beach. Yep. 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 They're not going to be underrated this season. No. There's no way on earth. They they went under the radar. Um, this Butler-led heat is the real deal. And it was... Well, we gentlemen swept every every other team. We didn't gentlemen sweep the Heat in the finals. They came to fight, and it would have been a very different story, I think, had they been fully fit and healthy. Yeah, I'm not going to be ridiculous and just name every. We still would have won. Every one of these players who is a free agent next season, but or maybe that means something else. Mm. I just be new. Um, sorry. Um, no, it, it, I, think, I think the fact is that they're running it back. They want to. They really want to crack at it. It's been. It's been good. Mm. They can they're also, flexible. 
They can also, with Bam and Jimmy Butler signed up and a number of players on rookie contracts, next season they can take the cap space they might ha- already have uh, with not having a whole ton of players under contract and go out and replace Dragic with someone who is available and an upgrade. So, okay, the Fultz. Yeah, Fultz is, might be an Fultz example, is... although not the 12 and 5. You know, he's not an upgrade at 12 points and 5 rebound and 5 assists a game. Although yeah, but that, that's Dragic, or an old depot more, even. Yeah, or an old depot. Dragic is more like a never been a high assist guy, but uh, mm-hmm. his career, yeah, career 14 and 5. So, um, never been a huge assist guy, but always been a reliable scorer. So, mm. um, you know, they can they can make an upgrade and there will be guys available. So, interesting. But yeah, as I said, yeah, um, bullish about Miami this season. But as I may have uh, intimated, my number one is the Milwaukee Bucks. And I just want to, yeah, Miami figured them out. And going into the bubble, we, we, there was a lot going on and we all sort of saw it coming a little bit. But before the pandemic stopped the season, Milwaukee were putting together one of the great regular seasons of all time. Um, wins, losses, points differential. Giannis was putting together one of the great individual seasons of all time. And, you know, outside of probably Miami fans and maybe Dallas fans who thought the two, and Laker fans, you know, two, you know, Beside the mm. Dallas fans, the Miami fans who thought they were a realistic chance of getting Giannis, and the Laker fans who you know had a pipe dream that they were going to get Giannis, everyone else in the NBA is really happy that Giannis is staying with with Milwaukee because <laughs> it gives hopes to all of us mid-market teams that you might be able to land a guy like Giannis and then be able to have him play most of his career in your little city or for your small team. So they've got. They pushed their chips into the middle of the table just a little bit by trading for Drew Holiday. Um, they tried to get Bogdanovich, and that didn't work. Mm. So they're, they're, they've got defense in, so they start at shooting guard. Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. They're not as deep as they were last season. They've got DJ Augustin backing up Drew Holiday. They don't. They didn't bring Wes Matthews back. Um, no, he's um he's they a traded Eric Bledsoe and George Hill for Drew Holiday. Mm. So they're not as deep. Um maybe that will in that force the Bucks to play a more conventional rotation next season instead of not playing on for more than thirty minutes a game. Which might actually work in their favour. But they've got the best player in the NBA. Um who's just well, re- one of the best players in the NBA. Who's recommitted to the franchise. Um so I feel like they'll be they'll be boy thereabouts. They will be thereabouts. And let's have some respect for what they were putting together before, you know, a one in a hundred year international event occurred. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, there were circumstances. There were circumstances. So you know, I feel like, but yeah, I don't know. I look. There are there, I, are, there are repercussions for Milwaukee if this. Doesn't work. This team as constructed doesn't work because they don't have a lot more. They don't have any more moves to make. There's no more chips to push into the middle, other than Chris Middleton, really. Otherwise, well, the thing is, if the chips don't, if pushing all those in doesn't work, the next chip they have to push in is Giannis. Well, I mean, that's, that's not happening. That's but, not happening. So, you know, but you know what I mean. They literally have to blow it up, and he has to suck it up. Mm. So, they have to be a bit more. 
I suppose. They sensible. can't blow it up with him on the I team. can't believe it's they got uh, Bobby Portis. Hopefully he doesn't get into a punch run with anyone. Hopefully not. No. Um, they can't blow it up with Giannis. He's too good. The only way they blow no, it up is that, they that's what Giannis. I'm saying. I'm like, they're, they're literally running themselves out of options. Yeah. They just and need to stay the course. Giannis is, a hard, some... Giannis is just, you know, structurally a hard piece to move once he starts his Supermax. Just yeah. the, the amount of money he's being paid makes it difficult to just get the salaries to yeah. add up. You've got to have, yeah, you've got yeah, to have someone on the max, you know. There's no way, uh, you know, it'd be difficult for a team like, like like New York to put together any sort of package for him. Yeah. Not Look, I think he's staying put. He's in Milwaukee for the long term. Um, yeah, which is good. It's good. Five years, LeBron's got four. Maybe, maybe the Lakers, once LeBron retires, that's when Giannis will. Sigh. Come and join AD. Well, we've got through them in about 80 minutes. That's 80 good minutes. Work. That's good that, work. That's the East. Like, I mean. That's the East. Yeah, look. We'll spend I, I 80 think, minutes on just the Lakers if Adam had his way. So, yeah, this is true. But barring a um, barring a disaster, I just don't see. Yeah. Like, the bottom half of the East don't matter. Top half of the East, whatever. I would suggest you I certainly know. certainly the bottom five teams in the East don't matter a jot. Yeah, you've probably got a top ten. I've got them three I've got them in three groups of five, really. The mm. next five teams don't matter much. They're the ones that all take the places and then the yeah. top five are the ones that are actually yeah. competing. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say that. Um, How have you got them, Adam? Me, I I haven't really done a Oh. Well, I've got the Bucks number one. Yeah. Uh, as expected. Yep. I actually had Brooklyn at number two because I have faith in Steve Nash as a coach. Actually, not really. I just think KD's – people forget very quickly that KD is, was one of the best players in the world and a machine, even though he did sell out and go to Golden State. Anyway, Miami at third, Boston fourth. I had Indiana at fifth. You do like some pace. You had them higher than me last season, I think, too. Then, what was it? Philly. I have Toronto at ninth. So who was the other team I had there? Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta at seven? Yep. Um, and Orlando. At eight. Yeah. Then I've got... Okay. Then don't worry about the others. They're the, making up the number trash teams. Okay. I'll just put them in the same order you I had them. Yeah, pretty much. Just make sure Cleveland's on the bottom. Cleveland are on the bottom. Good. Sorry. Very good. good. Well, good. Adam, thanks for joining me. No worries. We're going through the Eastern Conference. We're going to go through the Western Conference next. So I'm sure that's the one you've all been waiting for. And if not, it's certainly the one that Adam and I have been waiting for. I'm, I've been saving myself. I've got a lot to talk about. No, not really. No, yeah, I'm, and- I'm going to be very well, 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 I can't say unbiased, but I'm, I'm not going to waffle about the Lakers. I think, um, Social media does enough about that. Fair enough. And we'll also, at the end of that one, do finals predictions and stuff like that. So that's where I get to talk about the Lakers. Yeah. Until next time, this has been the podcast. It should go without saying. I'm your host, Andrew Lewis. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Cheers.